Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Fascinating story in the New York Times today by Jeremy Peters titled, Why Michael Savage is Blasting Hannity and the Right-Wing Media on the Virus. I have actually, over the years on this program, praised Michael Savage a number of times, not because I agree with his ideology or, and I think he said many things that are just truly reprehensible, including his Muslim bashing, which continues to this day, but he is brilliant at what he does. He's a brilliant storyteller. He's a brilliant talk radio host. And, you know, as much as I disagree with what he says and the positions he holds, you have to acknowledge that skill, just like you have to acknowledge that, you know, Trump is a brilliant showman. You know, he's going to end up with two or three billion dollars of the free television time by the time the elections roll around with his nightly TV rallies. Same thing. We would just be pretending reality wasn't reality if we didn't acknowledge those things. But Michael Savage is now the lone voice on the right who's calling out these guys. He, he says, this is from the article, quote, the pimps in the right-wing media who tell you what you want to hear, he's calling them out. He says, they're intellectual dwarfs, they're science illiterates. Michael Savage, of course, actually has a PhD from the University of California and training in epidemiology. He said, we're living in a terrible time in America where the truth has died. How can we not let our side be called on the carpet when they lie to the people, says Michael Savage. Do you understand the danger you're in by listening to these people and just following them blindly over the cliff? And, uh, you know, he makes jokes about Dr. Hannity and all that kind of stuff. Fascinating. There are some people who are paying attention. That's the good news. I guess the bad news is that Michael Savage's audience is nowhere near as large as Limbaugh's or Hannity's, who are subsidized. If you go back to the political article, Ken Vogel did it several years ago, back in 2013, I think, maybe a little later than that. But in any case, about how Limbaugh and Hannity are getting millions of dollars a year in subsidies from these right-wing groups like the Heritage Foundation. Meanwhile, a fellow by the name of Jeff Wittenbrink, was admitted to the uh, Baton Rouge Medical Center with the coronavirus. It worsened over the weekend. In addition to pneumonia, he's battling a high fever and a persistent cough. Now, who is Jeff Wittenbrink? Turns out he is Tony Spell's lawyer. Tony Spell is the Louisiana preacher who held uh, big gatherings over the last couple of weeks. And in fact, last week he said 
quote, death is a welcomed friend. This is from a raw story by Matthew Chapman. Uh, last week, Spell urged followers to defy public health lockdowns and attend church services, even if their lives are in danger, saying, quote, death is a welcomed friend. This week, he started a social media campaign urging people to take their $1,200 checks and send them essentially to him, to send them to churches, rather than pay for food or bills or pay down your credit cards. Well, Tony Spell's lawyer was there. He was on April 2nd and on April 5th, you know, on Palm Sunday, he was there at the event that this so-called Christian pastor held, and now he's in the hospital in bad, bad shape, which I would never wish on anybody, but it just, are people actually putting their lives at risk by showing up for Tony Spell's things? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I get mail from Donald Trump. Dear Fred, recent polls are showing tremendous disapproval across the board for coverage by the lamestream media. Only a fraction of Americans believe what they're saying. It's pathetic because their ratings are so low, they can't stand that millions of Americans are tuning in each day to hear our real update from their president about what's going on in our nation right now. The fake news media can't stand that he's telling the truth. In an effort to silence Trump, some lunatics have even suggested that he stop his daily press conferences. This is just more proof that the left-wing media has become unhinged, and they are truly the enemy of the people. President Trump wants you to know that he never stopped working to keep America safe, no matter what they throw at him. He'll continue to stand before you each and every day and tell you nothing but the truth. We know we can't trust the left-wing media, so we just launched our official press conference approval call poll, and we're counting on patriots like you to take it and help us break through the fake news filter once and for all. And of course, you click on the poll, and it asks a couple of questions, and it asks you for money. And then the other one I got, the, 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 that was from two days ago. This is from yesterday. Fred, once again, Democrats are prioritizing their corrupt political dreams over the well-being of American citizens. With nervous Nancy and crying Chuck as their ringleaders, they're choosing to block a $251 billion funding boost for small businesses around the country, which would help them keep their employees on payroll. We can't let them get away with their un-American actions anymore. We need to send a message that's so loud that even the fake news media won't be able to sweep it under the rug. You get how this propaganda, this, I mean, every day in my email box, or virtually nearly every day, at least four or five times a week, I get one of these things from the Trump campaign begging for money. And I'm guessing that there's a bunch of old folks around America who probably sent him all of their life savings. It's incredible. Meanwhile, in Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton has just put out a letter, issued a letter saying that if you ask for an absentee ballot in Texas, you could go to prison. Seriously. In Texas, the law says that if you want to get an absentee ballot, you must either be over 65 or disabled or out of the county, absent from the county during the election. You know, like overseas or in some other part of the state or whatever. Those are the only provisions. So Ken Paxton, who is the attorney general for Texas, uh, dancing to the tune of you know, Greg Abbott, the governor's, the song he's singing, all the Republicans are. We don't want people to vote, right? Well, elections have never been won by the majority of the people and they will not be in the future. Quite candidly, our leverage in the election goes up as the voting populace goes down, said Paul Weyrich famously in 1980 when he was doing voter suppression campaigns for Ronald Reagan or vote theft campaigns. Greg Pallas says, you know, somebody steals my car. I don't say my car has been suppressed. Why would you say that their vote has been suppressed if they steal your damn vote? Well, 
He has issued a letter saying that uh, fear of contracting COVID-19 is not a valid excuse. And if you get a ballot and you vote a ballot based on, quote, false information, that would be that you're saying that I'm afraid of COVID-19, that you would face, quote, criminal sanctions. In other words, you could go to jail in Texas for getting an absentee ballot. Now, this is being appealed, and it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of the courts. But this is how bizarre and dysfunctional the Republican Party is, and that the only way that they can hold power is to prevent people from voting. It's just amazing. The, uh, the news is just relentless. And the Trump BS, and now you've got the right-wingers and the, and the DeVos family and these other right-wing billionaires funding these right-wing groups that are going out into the streets saying, no, no, we, you know, I mean, it's like snowflakes, right? Oh, we can't handle being locked up for, you know, being in our houses for a week or month or three months or whatever. Poor conservative snowflakes. The big question, though, that the media is asking is why? You know, I caught the last hour of Joe Scarborough's show this morning, you know, Morning Joe, and he seemed to be seriously troubled by this. Why is it that right-wing billionaires are funding protests of shelter-in-place orders in the states, including against Republican governors? Now, the largest protest, of course, was against a Democratic female governor, And, you know, the groups that show up are notoriously misogynistic and racist and all that kind of stuff. But but still, why? Why is it that Fox News is pushing so hard? Why would to reopen the economy? Why would Rupert Murdoch or Lachlan Murdoch, uh, you know, the billionaire owners of Fox News, be pushing this so hard? You get, you know, Dr. Phil, the disgraced shrink who lost his license for inappropriate relationships with his clients on Fox News going, well, you know, a few people might die, but no big deal. I mean, you know, literally not saying that, but the effect of it. Why is it that these TV doctor pundits over on Fox News are saying that, oh, you know, two or three percent of the population dies? That's acceptable. When Dr. Oz said that, you know, there was all this blowback and he came back and he said, because he was talking about the children can go back to school. And he came back and he said, well, you know, two or three percent of the kids aren't going to die. No, probably not. It'll probably be, you know, a tenth of one percent. Instead, they'll take the disease home to their parents and their grandparents. And, and, you know, two percent of their parents are going to die and 20 percent of their grandparents are going to die. I mean, why, why are these people saying this? Why are they doing this? Why are they willing to sacrifice our elders and our vulnerable Americans? You know, over 35% of Americans are obese. That is, that is the, outside of being elderly, being, you know, in a nursing home, basically, that is the largest risk group right now. Overweight and hypertension and diabetic. That is the largest risk group. That's not just old people. That's 39% of Americans. Old people are only 16% of Americans. Why is it that they're willing to sacrifice these people? Is it possible that the reason that these right-wing billionaires are pushing these efforts is because any more stimulus packages are going to drive the national debt up to the point where even Republicans are going to have to agree that it's time to raise taxes on billionaires? I mean, I can't come up with a more direct and simple answer than that.
Why else would they not care about public health? Why would they put the, the economy above public health? Well, it's, it's, I think it's fairly obvious. Every month that this country is shut down is going to require about $2 trillion of stimulus to keep us going. It's just that simple. And where's that $2 trillion going to come from? Ultimately, it's going to come from taxes paid by billionaires. And they know it. And if there's one thing right-wing billionaires don't like, it's paying taxes. You know, over, over the years, they've managed, they, they got LBJ to drop the top tax rate from 91% down to 74%. And then they got Reagan to drop it all the way down to 25%. It's down now. A lot of them are paying 22%. I mean, you know, billionaires pay less in taxes than do working people on the bottom half of the wage scale. Working people making eight bucks an hour pay more in taxes than billionaires in America. The billionaires want to keep it that way. Do you have an answer to why they are doing this? I think follow the money is, you know, the, the advice that Mark Felt, Deep Throat, gave to Woodward and Bernstein is always a good, it's always good advice. Follow the friggin' money. Yesterday, I posted a tweet on Twitter, and it's, it's uh, you know, I want to more and more kind of step back from the general craziness. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to try and just take a fast, or at least on Saturday, take a fast from the news and, and uh, just, you know, read a novel, take a bath, go for a walk, enjoy nature. I think I'm going to try to do that. I've just been up to my eyeballs in this stuff for a couple of months now. And of course, you know, it's my job to do this. But I think that for all of our mental health, <laughs> it's a good idea if every now and then we back off. And this, this tweet that I posted yesterday got a huge response over on Twitter. You, you, you can go over to my Twitter feed. It's Tom underscore Hartman, T-H-O-M underscore Hartman with two N's. And what I wrote was, and this came out of Louise and I took a walk, you know, again, down the Columbia River. And it's on the takeoff and landing pattern for the the airport here in Portland. If you walk briskly, you walk about three miles in an hour. That's a good brisk walk is three miles an hour. And our walk was about 40 minutes. We walk about two miles. I didn't see or hear a single plane land or take off. And as we're walking along the river, I looked up at the sky and there was literally not a single contrail in the sky, not a single jet vapor trail in the sky. And Louise and I were talking about how this was like when we were kids. And so this is what I tweeted. I tweeted, not a single jet vapor trail in the sky above Portland today. I remember being five years old, laying in a hammock in our backyard in Lansing, Michigan, watching a single jet carving a long arc across the sky. It was 1956, and there was as little air traffic in 1956 as there is today. A statistic, by the way, I got from NPR yesterday. And then I asked the question, what do you remember? And got just some of the most beautiful responses. People talking about June bugs and you know, warm summer nights and, and butterflies, lots and lots of butterflies and, and honeybees. And you know, people just remembering life, remembering what the world was like, you know, before this, the recent insanity of Trump and coronavirus and all that stuff, but also you know, the last 20 or 30 years of population pressure and global warming and the insect holocaust and all that. 
So, you know, I, I toss that out there if you, if you want to share some of you know, your memories that you think are important. Governor J.B. Pritzker yesterday announced that the Midwest governor, you know, Trump did his press conference yesterday. I, I was so pissed off by it. I dropped the F-bomb in a text message to one of my employees or one of my colleagues, one of, my, one of the people who works with me on this show. It was just like, I just can't do it. I can't watch this guy anymore. So anyhow, as Trump is, is saying that he's going to take all the praise for any opening of the economy, but all the blame is going to go to the governors. That was the essence of what he said yesterday. The New Mexico governor's office, this is insane. The Santa Fe New Mexican, right, the, the newspaper in Santa Fe, is reporting. Well, actually, let me back up a little bit. There was a tweet from a spokesperson for the governor. The tweet's author, uh, his name is Trip Stelnicki, and he's the chief spokesperson for Michelle Lujan Grisham, who is the governor of New Mexico. And his tweet says, you don't have to ask the death cult their opinion or publish their quotes. False equivalence now is actually life or death. There is no both sides to this. There is one group preaching accelerated illness and death because they love business. And if you can't see through that, now that was his tweet. So the Republican Party comes out in New Mexico and demands an apology, saying this is absurd, offensive, and disgusting, you know, these characterizations of Republicans. And so the governor's office points out to the Santa Fe New Mexican, the, the newspaper, that the tweet does not reference any person, any group, any organization specifically by name. If someone seems to think it's about them, I'd say they've placed that upon themselves. Right, death cult people. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of the death cult, the, uh, the, this is just an amazing story. This is from the Times of Israel, timesofisrael.com. This is published in Israel, right? This is Israeli news. US, I'll just read it to you. U.S. intelligence agencies alerted Israel to the coronavirus outbreak in China in November, Israeli television reported Thursday. According to Channel 12 News, the U.S. intelligence community became aware of the emerging disease in Wuhan in the second week of November and drew up a classified document. U.S. intelligence informed the Trump administration, quote, which did not deem it of interest, end quote. But they did tell Israel and they did tell NATO in November. It's incredible. Meanwhile, uh, chew on this one. Bloomberg reported yesterday, and I quote, During the first 10 days of the federal government's small business rescue program, the spigot was wide open in Nebraska. Firms there got enough money to cover about three-fourths of that state's eligible payrolls. It was a different picture in New York and California, where companies received less than a quarter of their share. Nebraska, of course, has two Republican senators, a Republican governor, Republican members of the House of Representatives. New York and California have uh, Democratic governors and senators. There may be a Democrat representing Nebraska, but, you know, would be in a minority. Uh, so Representative Jackie Spear, a Democrat from California, uh, tweets. Uh, she retweets the Bloomberg report and adds her thoughts. She says, I'm hard pressed not to think that this is political. Blue states like California got a pathetic number of loans issued. Nebraska got nearly 75 percent of loans requested. I smell a rat with orange hair. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is the reality, right? The, the, the right-wing billionaires are pushing 
the movement, and the movement is pushing to reopen the states. So the pressure's on in some of the red states. Ron DeSantis is gonna, has announced today that he's going to be opening beaches again soon in Florida. Uh, you've got some, you know, the, the uh, Christy Nome, the, uh, the Republican governor of South Dakota, is like, you know, we're not going to lock down the state, even though we've got the biggest hot spot in the entire, North, the, the entire United States with the Smithfield packing plant, which, by the way, is owned by a Chinese company. This is pork for export to China, by and large. Um, well, it may be actually probably a lot of it is consumed in the United States, but it's owned by a Chinese company. So, so Trump, seeing that the red state governors are getting ahead of him on this thing, goes out yesterday and says, I'm going to allow, he used that word, allow, I'm going to allow the governors to open their states on their own schedules. Every state is different. We're going to let the governors do it. So if a governor opens their state, Trump gets credit for it. And if it works out badly and, you know, the virus explodes across the state and they have to shut it back down again, Trump can blame the governor. I mean, it's heads I win, tails you lose. It's just incredible. And as I said, it, it ignores the, the vulnerable. The obese is 39% of the U.S. population. Over 65 is 16% of the population. And Trump's plan has nothing in it about testing or quarantining or contact tracing, which are the actual things that are being done by countries like Denmark and Germany and Austria that are actually starting to very slowly reopen their economies. Because they can, because they have testing in place. But we don't have testing in place in the United States. You still can't get a test. Yes, we've, we've done a couple of million tests in the United States. We've done a lot of tests. We have 330 million people in the United States. We're going to have to be test people who are in contact with the public. We're going to have to be testing them, you know, regularly. We should be testing healthcare workers every single day. We should be testing cops and firefighters and EMTs every single day, so that you know when one of them becomes infected, they don't become the vector for 50 of them to be infected. But then you got Christy Nome going, "Oh, Americans have given up their liberty." We can't have the government paying for these things. Eventually, the taxes on billionaires are going to go up. Unless you've got a better theory. Is it genocide? Is it that, hey, it's mostly hitting poor people and black people? Oh, well, that's You're okay. listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Say the physically fit right-wing white billionaires. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Whoa, Donald Trump tweeted, liberate Virginia and save your great Second Amendment. It's under siege. Liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota. He's trying to provoke an uprising against Democratic governors. Has he lost his mind? This is absolutely breathtaking. Anyhow, Bruce in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Bruce, what's on your mind? Well, to answer your question of the day, the billionaires and the Republicans that they own view the loss of even the dollar's worth of economic activity as far more tragic than the loss of human life. Really, if you're not rich, you're expendable. And I think, I think that's the essence well, of everything. Yeah, and, and, and perhaps the, you know, the thing that I was missing, I was, I was assuming that the billionaires were upset that they would eventually have to pay taxes to pay for the... Uh, 
for the stimulus. But the flip side of that is that the billionaires got that way by business activity and business activities ground to a halt. So a lot of these billionaires are probably seeing their income slow down. And that's got to be flipping them out. Yeah, uh, good point. I, you know, and an excellent point. In fact, thank you, Bruce. I think you're, I think spot on. Jeff in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Hey, Jeff. What's, uh, hey, Jeff. What's up? My concern is Tom about these meat packing plants here in Iowa and in the Midwest. Uh, we find mm-hmm. out that that plant in Sioux Falls, eighty-five workforce is immigrants. Here in Iowa, we've had two plants, one in Waterloo, I believe the Tyson, one in southeast Iowa. They've erupted with coronavirus. I just listened to Governor Reynolds here in Iowa, and she says, well, we talked to them today about kind of relaxing their work requirement rules. So that kind of told me that maybe that these plants were having these folks work when they were ill, because it sounds to me, and and now they're rushing testing to all these plants, it looks to me like they should be testing these plants when there's nobody showing up with the coronavirus. Well, we should be doing that all across the United States. You know, we should be be testing everybody. You know, we're opening the doors here that all these communities around these plants are just going to pretty soon mushroom into a mushroom cloud of COVID-19. Yeah. Well, I, I, yes. And then and then it's going to spread into the communities and then it's going to spread into even the, the remote rural areas. You also wonder, you know, why is it exploding like this in meatpacking plants, but it's not exploding in, you know, plastic extrusion factories. You know, this is a virus that likes to attach itself to animal proteins and works through animal metabolic systems. And I'm wondering if it can just survive longer and more easily on the surface of a dead pig. And that's the way it's being spread around the factory. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Or if even, you know, it's possible that hogs are starting to catch the disease and spread it around. You know, the meatpacking plant is after they're dead. I'm assuming the slaughterhouse is somewhere else. So I, I don't know what's going on with this, Jeff, but it is very troubling. I'm with you. I've told you about this pharmacy in Canada that I've used in the past. Um, you know, it's a good place to get drugs inexpensively. And uh, they, I'm on their email list, and they sent out another note today. They said, one of the largest pharmaceutical wholesalers in the United States recently confirmed, quote, we are experiencing backorders and declining inventory levels at rates never before experienced. And then they write, most of the inventory we are currently acquiring was manufactured prior to the coronavirus crisis or is being manufactured from raw materials stocked by drug makers prior to the crisis beginning. And they go on to note that they think that this is probably true right across the board for virtually all the drugs because they say uh, the current supply of prescription medications being acquired by consumers everywhere in the world um, since the drug manufacturing worldwide came to a halt over the past several weeks. They note the entire worldwide prescription drug supply chain, including drugs sold in the United States, come from China and India, where the coronavirus has had a significant impact on factory production. And and India uh, shut down their factories a week or so ago. And uh, that's, you know, where most of your generic drugs are either coming out of China or India. And then secondly, this from the Associated Press, and it's just worth noting, uh, the Kremlin 
says Russia will gratefully accept President Donald Trump's offer to provide ventilators for Russian coronavirus patients. Trump said Wednesday the U.S. was ready to send ventilators to Russia, uh, saying, quote, they're having a hard time in Moscow. We're going to help them. Russia has had 232 deaths. We have had 30,000. And the number over 30,000. I think it's over 34,000 now, uh, if, I'm, if I'm remembering my numbers right. In fact, I can take a look at it here. Oh, the Johns Hopkins doesn't list American deaths. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, here's, this is uh, WHO. Uh, you got to dig to find it. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, not too much, Tom. First, I just wanted to say I'm really glad you keep covering the way the Trump administration ignored the intelligence community. I know it's hard to talk about, but it's so important that we capture that, that he ignored this because, you know, well, and we knew before that he was ignoring the intelligence community in December. Now we have proof out of Israel that he was ignoring the intelligence community in friggin November. It's not James Bond stuff. All right. What I wanted to call about is to get your riff or opinion or whatever you want to call it on how, because you mentioned the coronavirus likes animal uh, proteins, right? It seems to. And, well, it, um, it, it, a- it enters cells through the uh, angiotensin receptor, which is the hormone that regulates blood pressure in humans and I, presumably all other mammals. I, I can't say that with certainty, but I'd be astonished if it wasn't. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. That's okay. Lisa Miller, uh, she did a study for UC Davis. At the, she's the head scientist at National Primate Research Center, where they studied the impact of particulate matter that is released from forest fires and brush fires on primates. All right. And at 2.5 uh, micron, that particulate matter has a definitive adverse impact on young primates, you know, which humans are part, as far as, the, you know, their immune response. But it's not so certain for adult primates, the immune response, okay? So my question is, COVID is a CPR, you know, cardiopulmonary respiratory. It prefers that part of our anatomy. What do you think is going to happen during the forest fire season? Do you think this is going to reemerge, COVID? You know, because people have their immunity diminished because of the uh, because of the smoke in the air. I don't know, Dave. I mean, there is some speculation that what's killing people isn't so much the virus replicating, but the body's response to it. These so-called cytokine storms. That that's what's filling up the lungs is basically you know the byproducts of your own immune system. So if your immune system is suppressed, they're doing a clinical trial right now. I mean the ones on remdesivir, or however you say this Gilead drug, those look very promising. But they're also trying some of the immunosuppressive drugs to see people who they pretty much know are going to die anyway, to see if they can calm down that cytokine storm. They can t- calm down the body's response, immune response. So it may be that, you know, people who have hyperactive immune systems, which is most Americans, you know, we don't have parasites anymore, that, and that's why we have all these autoimmune diseases that people take immune suppressants for, you know, the psoriasis and, and arthritis and all these other things. It may be that people would actually be in a better position if their immune system, I just don't have any idea, uh, and we don't know. But, but keep thinking, Dave. I love the way you think, and your curiosity is always fascinating. Lori in Portland. Hey, Lori, what's on your mind today? Well, I wanted to tell you about a study that they're starting in Corvallis, Oregon. It's in the Gazette Times paper yesterday, and they're going to do random testing to about 1% of the population, and they're going to go door-to-door through all different neighborhoods in the city, 
and anybody can volunteer to take the test with or without symptoms. And they're mm. having help through Oregon State University and the veterinary program to run these tests and people will get the results back in seven to 10 days and they're giving them to the Oregon Health Authority to see how many people in the community throughout all the different neighborhoods may have had it or do have it in our carriers without even realizing that they're spreading it. Right. This is the antibody testing that they've been doing in Germany for months. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing it throughout the whole community and they would like other veterinary clinics to get involved because they have the capability for the testing. So I just thought it was really interesting and would like to, they're starting here, I believe this coming weekend and they'll do it four weekends in a row. They go to your door, they ask you a few questions, they'll leave you a test kit, you take the sample and leave it out and they come back the next day and pick it up. So it'll be interesting to follow the study and see what, (laughs) I know, right? It's in Corvallis, Oregon. a little city, so. Little so they're town. doing it in Corvallis. That's fascinating. Well, Lori, yeah. keep us up to so date on that, would you, up, when, when the results come back? Check it out. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Okay, okay. thank you very much. John in Portland, Oregon. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? As horrendous as the pandemic is, I, I think many people are numb to the massive figures that we see, the 600,000 cases in this country and the 33,000 deaths. And every time I see that showing on TV, um, I I think that the one thing that they should be saying is to compare that to the population of the United States, that we are 5% of the world's population, but we have 32% of the corona cases, and I think up to 22% of the deaths now. Uh, and I think it's increasing at a, that ratio is increasing at a percent or two a day. Um, and this is all because Trump did now, nothing for months. I would like to see a reporter go into these press conferences that the Trump holds and say, Mr. President, how do you reconcile the fact that we are 5% of the world's population, but have 33% of the cases and 22% of the deaths, how can that not represent the failure of your policies in combating the pandemic? Maybe sometime when Mark Pocan is on or one or the other representatives, if you could suggest to them or talk to them about, there should be an organized response to these pandemic conferences, a 30-minute rebuttal of where uh, real... uh, experts present what the real situation is, identify the lies presented in those press conferences, and uh, tell us what actually should be done if it was hosted, you know, if it was led by uh, uh, Joe Biden, that would be great, okay, but it needs to be a nonpartisan presentation, and it needs to be something that the Democrats demand that every Um, news uh, uh, station or cable station carries, including Fox News and America One. And what they can do to get Fox News to carry such a thing is, uh, if they refuse to do it, to contact everyone who advertises on it and say that if you do not uh, uh, force them 
to carry uh, these rebuttals, which are in the interest of the American people, that uh, we will identify you as part of it. And what you should do is withdraw your advertising from Fox News yeah. if they will not. You know, John, none of that's going to happen. It's just, yeah. it's not going to happen. People have tried to organize advertising boycotts against Fox News, and you could argue that the one against, well, actually, there have probably been a couple. O'Reilly was, you know, it comes to mind, might have been successful, rather. But you're dreaming. These are for profit businesses, these media, and Trump is making them money. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Connie in Reno, Nevada. Hey, Connie, what's up? Hey, Tom. You know, Donald Trump has always wanted to be a mob boss anyway. So I say from now on, we just call him Don Corona. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> I love it. Don Corona. And the other thing is, aren't those meatpacking plants, aren't they the ones who were going to Mexico and like advertising for help, encouraging illegals to come up? Yes. And I think this just yes, shines a light ago. on why we need to give even illegals Healthcare. Those people could not go to the doctor and get help as soon as possible, sure. and that's infuriating. So I just well, it's to not pass only infuriating. Thanks, it's Tom. yeah, yeah. Thank you, Connie. It's not only infuriating; it's also spreading disease. I mean, this is I've had no shortage over the years of right wingers come on this show and try to tell me, you know, our oh, liberal Democrats want to give health care to people who aren't even citizens of the United States, and I'm saying. Well, if you were sitting next to one at a bus stop and they a bus stop and they were coughing and we were in the middle of a tuberculosis epidemic, wouldn't you want them to have health care? At which point they usually go something like, "We'll talk to you later." Um, so yeah, it's a public health issue. Come on, you know, wake up, wake the hell up. Thanks a lot for the call, Leonard in Sugar City, Colorado. Hey, Leonard, what's on your mind? Trump is dragging his feet on testing. Do you think that could be because he knows? that the situation is a lot worse than what's being reported? I think that there's a lot of magical thinking going on in Trump's head and that he doesn't take instruction well, he doesn't learn things well, and that he still thinks that maybe he can just bluff his way through until November. The election's only 200 days away from today. And, you know, that's, you know, he's got to be looking at that or he is looking at that saying, okay, how can I get the economy kind of back in shape? And he's got the Fed pouring all this money in. I think he he is thinking that he can he can pull this thing off. I think he's badly miscalculating, but he's going to get some good news cycles out of it. And, you know, before it all falls apart. But I think that that's a possibility, Leonard. Thanks a lot for the call. Sean in Stamford, Connecticut. Hey, Sean, what's up? This is something I've been thinking about for a while, and your article from Israel sort of like cinched it. And I begin to wonder, and I like your opinion on this, and certainly if I'm going down the rabbit hole, that it has this whole thing with Trump botching this whole coronavirus response more a feature than a bug. Yeah, it may well be. I still believe that these guys are operating on the herd immunity theory, you know, which Boris Johnson was was operating on until until he realized how stupid it was. And as was his uh, his uh, health minister, Matt, whatever his name is. And yeah, I and, know uh, Cause for me, because you know, having a psych background, I can pick up on these signs. And I wanted to get your opinion because I thought, you know, can't just be me thinking this. Someone else got to be saying this, too, somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I think this is it. I think they think that if they can get enough people infected in red states and on the other side of the, you know, and recovered, that that they can that they those states can crank back up again before the rest of the country catches up while California is still in lockdown. And, you know, I heard a, a person on uh, on TV this morning uh, use a metaphor. He said, that's like saying that we're going to designate this end of the swimming pool as the place where people can pee. And the rest of the pool, <laughs> oh, people wow. can't pee in the pool, right? And, I mean, it's a perfect metaphor. You, you say, well, yeah, in South Dakota, you know, they can pee in the pool. But, but you know, the rest of us in the pool here, uh, you know, we can't. I, it's just, it's, it's nuts. But that's what they're doing. Susan and Alachua, Alachua. Is that right, Susan? Hey, what's up? There are people in North Korea or Korea who have been reinfected with this virus. So unless there is some kind of a uh, serum to keep people from getting reinfected, I don't think that there's ever going to be something that people got infected and then they can go off and not be reinfected again and go to a job and do whatever they're going to do. They're going to get reinfected. Well, these people, Susan, you're talking about, I think it was eight people in South Korea that have have had this, or maybe it was 11 people out of millions and millions and millions of people. The question at this point because the test is very invasive. You've got to shove a swab, not just into somebody's nose, but through their nose, up into their skull, into their sinuses, in order to get a sample, uh, you know, a good enough sample. And because that, and people jerk back and, and sneeze and all kinds of stuff when that happens, it's why the people doing the tests have to have full face, you know, shields on and things like that. Um, and so because of that, there's uh, a substantial suspicion that those people were not reinfected, that they simply had false negative tests because the tests weren't performed right, or that, um, you know, it may be that this virus hangs on a little longer than we thought. It might be a few extra weeks or a few extra months. So, uh, you know, but, but there doesn't seem to be evidence yet, and again, this is all evolving, that this would be like... Uh, uh, you know, uh, the diseases that, you know, like the spirochiche diseases, like Lyme disease, where it hides out in your joints and then pops back to life, you know, months or years later. Um, there's, to the best of my knowledge, no evidence of that. So uh, the question, though, is how long the immunity lasts. And, and one of the things we're going to find out, there's, there's numerous big studies being done on this in several different countries where they're taking the blood uh, the, the serum, the, the, the blood, the, the clear part of the blood uh, from people who have had the disease and they're injecting it into people who have the disease because it contains the antibodies. And they're also finding that in their virus experiments, or excuse me, in their, in their uh, vaccine experiments, that when they inject people with fragments of the spike protein, the protein on the outer surface of the of the, of the coronavirus cell that are the plate, these are the spikes that link into the angiotensin receptor sites on cells, which are, you know, in huge numbers on lung cells and, well, blood vessels, basically, um, but particularly in the lungs, they're one of the most vascularized parts of the whole entire body, that when they uh, inject broken pieces, broken fragments of these, of these proteins, uh, into people's skins, it produ- the body produces a very, very strong antibody response. And that's a, that's a good thing. That, that indicates that, uh, you know, a vaccine may be possible. The question is, 
How rapidly is this virus going to mutate? Is it going to, you know, will there be seasonal mutations like there are with the common cold or with the in, with influenza? Um, we just don't know the answers to those questions yet. But I think the, the, the idea that somebody who tested positive then tested negative and is weeks or months after they, you know, after they've long been symptom free could then again become contagious. That is not yet something that science is accepting. Those are purely anecdotal, largely anecdotal cases, and, and they're the outliers. Dondi in Seattle. Hey, Dondi, what's up? I've recently had the opportunity to watch Fox News, and I bump over there occasionally to see what's going on. Uh, it was recently added to my TV programming. Uh, anyway, I was caught a little bit of Sean Hannity, and, you know, I can only take about five minutes before I have to shut him off. But I wanted to hear from one of the Michigan protesters that he was going to have in his next segment, so I stuck around and listened. And I was quite caught off guard. It sounded, like, extremely draconian the way she was describing the lockdown by Governor Whitmer there. Like, People couldn't go out in their motorboats on their lake. They couldn't go to their lake cabins. They couldn't go hunting or fishing or any of that. Uh, it sounded, you know, a little crazy. So it was keeping me up all night, and I had to look it up this uh, morning. And from what I can see from the EO 2020-42 of the governors is that I'm assuming you can, well, you can go out in your kayak, single-person boats, that the the lady that was on from Michigan portrayed as a liberal sport activity. And then <laughs> um, you can go to your lake cabin. Well, I'm assuming you can go to your lake cabin, but you can't go to campgrounds where people are going to congregate. And the thing about the boating, um, you, you, you can be out in a boat with your family, uh, you know, maybe two people, so everything was just mis misinformation and mm. something about, you know, sporting activities. Well, of course, you can't go to a range because you're going to be um, putting people in danger that have to work there. Of course, you can't get a license for hunting or fishing if you don't already have one, because, again, you're going to have people having to serve you to give you those licenses. But it just all right. seemed like the a whole bunch of misinformation. Closed. Well, that's what you get on Fox News. You get you get uh, heavy, heavy slant and selective data, and uh, and this is the way that Fox News has been lying to its people ever since it was created back in the in the '90s, as I recall. Um, and this is something Limbaugh has been doing since he started in '87. It, this is the only way that right wing media can can succeed and sustain itself is by you know lying to its people. Um, I, you know, I pointed out day before yesterday, I, I uh, mistakenly said that Montana had a Republican governor and I had, you know, dozens of people on Twitter, you know, literally shouting at me, one of them calling me fake news, saying, no, it's Steve Bullock, he's a Democrat. And it's like, that's how rare it is that, that I get something wrong on this show. And I go out of my way to make sure that it's fact-based. You see, you hear Rachel Maddow say, tell me if I said anything wrong, you know, to her sources. She's, you know, it's, it's almost become tiresome to hear her say it. But it's like, you know, those of us in the real world are actually concerned about truth and about reality and ch checking facts and making accurate statements, particularly when you know that people are going to repeat them. 
on Fox News and on right wing hate radio, that's very much not the case. Their, their job, this is propaganda, their job is to cause people to believe and behave in a particular way, regardless of its connection to reality. And that's now what Donald Trump is doing every day with his Trump rallies on TV. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So two stories today uh, that raise some interesting possibilities. The first is, is this story out of Israel that in November, U.S. intelligence agencies notified Israel that this coronavirus was floating around in, in the area of Wuhan, China, and to get ready. And in fact, even speculated in this memo that, that our intelligence agencies sent to Israel, uh, even speculated about the political consequences 
of widespread infection in the Middle East when this virus gets there, as it has now. So that was in November, according to Israeli television and Israeli print media. And then this Hannah Osborne reporting over on Newsweek, newsweek.com, the headline, coronavirus outbreak may have started as early as September, scientists say. And this is based on looking at the genome of the virus. And they're thinking that it didn't actually start in Wuhan. It started in that state. But it might have started as early as September in a small town near Wuhan and then traveled from that small town into Wuhan. And uh, it's absolutely fascinating. It's, uh, they publish their work now in, in a peer-reviewed journal. As time goes on, we're going to learn more and more about this. But, you know, once again, this, that would help explain why in November our spy agencies were able to pick this up and share it with Israel and say, share it with Donald Trump, who, quote, had no interest in the, in the issue, end quote, or words to that effect. But yeah, and speaking of Donald Trump, I mentioned this before, but it really deserves focus. Trump, in all caps, tweeted, liberate Minnesota. Minnesota, of course, has a Democratic governor. And then he tweeted, liberate Michigan. Michigan, of course, has a Democratic governor. And then he tweeted, liberate Virginia and save your great Second Amendment. It is under siege. You know, liberate and siege are the kind of words that you use when you are trying to mobilize violence. You know, the kind of violence that we call war. It is organized, legalized mass murder. That's war. And we have the President of the United States now, in my opinion, advocating violence against, at the very least, the governors of these states. And if not violence, then what? These yahoos who showed up yesterday in Michigan, day before yesterday in Michigan, egged on by a group funded in part by Betsy DeVos's family, were carrying semi-automatic rifles and Confederate battle flags. You know, the side that committed treason, the traitors that committed treason against the United States and then lost the war. Right, those losers. These, these losers in Michigan carrying around the loser's flag with guns. So you get a bunch of people who have a very low IQ, very little self-esteem, probably some sort of problems in their relationships, particularly with women, have some bizarre notions about their own racial superiority, and then you get the President of the United States egging them on. It's a prescription for violence. I mean, this goes way beyond Tea Party stuff. Tea Party, the Tea Party was bad enough. Get your government hands off my Medicare, right? And, you know, all the stupidity that was associated with the Tea Party. But this, this, this could lead to bloodshed. And there's no doubt in my mind that Donald Trump, sociopath, psychopath that he is, seems to delight in death and violence. I, I have not heard him once say words to the effect of, you know, there's 34,000 dead Americans. Every single one of them had family. Almost every single one of them. Family, you know, who are mourning them. Children, grandchildren, siblings, friends, neighbors, co-workers, parents. Every single one of them, or virtually every single one of them, left behind somebody who cared. 
And instead of reaching out to those people who are in pain, I mean, the, if there's 34,000 dead Americans, there's hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of Americans whose lives have been impacted by the death of these people in their families, in their social circles, in their neighborhoods, in their workplaces. And we all need to be saying prayers for these people or reaching out to them or sending them light or good vibes or doing what we can and remembering them. And I've never heard a word about that from Trump because he doesn't understand empathy. He doesn't do empathy. The only thing he cares about is himself and his daughter. That's it. And her husband. You know, it's a grifter's got to grift with other grifters. Speaking of Trump, uh, the New York Times published an article this morning when older relatives shrug at coronavirus restrictions. And it's got story after story after story of old folks telling their kids, you know, their kids in their 40s and 50s and 60s, their parents in their 70s, 80s and 90s, telling their kids, I don't worry about the virus. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go out to the store. You can't stop me. And the whole article, it's like, you know, this multi-page article by uh, Julie Fingersh is like asking, you know, what's with these people? And could it be the age positivity effect? And could it be they have radical acceptance? For the first time ever, I posted a comment on a New York Times article, and my comment was, this is the Fox effect. Fox's viewership is almost entirely over 60, and most of them over 70. And these are the people that, they, you know, that they're writing about in the New York Times, scratching their heads, going, why aren't these people taking this thing seriously? They're not taking it seriously because they're watching Fox. And we need to be honest about that as a country and realize that we've got a propaganda arm for the billionaires, for the right-wing billionaires in this country, in Fox, run by a right-wing billionaire, a couple of right-wing billionaires, you know, Rupert and Lachlan, and it's killing us. I mean, even Michael Savage, the right-wing radio host, he came out, he's calling these people the pimps in the right-wing media who tell you what, what you want to hear. Gregory, Islington, South Carolina. Gregory, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Yes, you take that break, my uh, brave soldier, because we're going to need you for the long haul. With that said, I also wanted to say that a lot of people don't recognize what it takes for these uh, immigrants to stay reclusive. After the Trump scare they've had, we now see that um, they're not going to go to the doctor like that woman uh, was telling you before. They can't go to the doctor because why? Uh, once they're exposed, then the doctor's asking, well, who are you around? So now you have that contact, what do you call it, contact tracing? Contact so tracing. Suddenly, yeah. yeah, so suddenly you have a community that's already scared and now is epileptic. Okay. Yeah, and especially if it's the federal government, you know, coming in, uh, you know, their fear would be that ICE would be right behind them. Exactly. Exactly. So now, you know, I'm a small farmer, and I'm serious. I am a small farmer. Probably, well, I am, but a minority small farmer, and I only say that because a lot of people do not see the value in farming. I still, well, I was going to the farmer's market to sell some of my wares. Well, guess what? That's over with this year. Okay, mm. I mean, it's just yeah. not going to happen. So the commercial farmers who once had uh, like these uh, immigrants working to, uh, uh, to harvest for them, where well, they're not able to sell what they once were able to sell as well. Uh, you know, the, because the schools have closed, that they had to throw away their produce because their cows are still milking. Their chickens are still uh, producing eggs. Nowhere for it to go. Yeah. 
I get it, Gregory. I got to run, but thank you. Th and thanks for introducing some humanity in, into this about so-called illegals, these undocumented workers. It is such a tragedy what is going on in this country and has been for three years now. Take a break from it. You know, find some meaning somewhere else. Get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.